Yeah. Welcome back, everyone. How's everyone doing today? It's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a week. I feel like we say that every week. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Why could we not do our intro synchronized, but we just did that synchronized? Yeah, that was all. Yeah. Maybe we tried maybe... What, five times, six times to try to get our intro down pat. I think it was going to happen. I think we, we tried a lot. It was a, it was a it half was hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Easily. It was a half hour of us trying to figure out how to mm-hmm. all say something at the same time. Maybe sure. we should just pay for a cameo, like somebody famous doing it. Oh, for sure. Doing the intro. Go on Fiverr and get somebody with a really good announcer voice. Oh, yes. I Some like music that. behind yeah. that. Once we hit um, twenty episodes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, once we weed out, we once we hit twenty, mm-hmm. uh, that's for sure. For sure. Speaking of, this will be uh, Sam's last episode. That's it. I've been She's done. For She's like gone. a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Is it a month? Is it four weeks? I think four it's going to be like a month. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like four weeks. So Sean and I will either um, skip or take over and just mm-hmm. um, figure it out. So we'll see. I'll leave it we'll in our hands. I thought you guys were going to have guests on. We're going to have some. We're going to try to have some guests on. I think that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good now time. taking applications. Feel free to uh, apply yeah, between down us below. Agents at gmail.com if you're interested. Like, comment, subscribe. Leave it down below. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I mean, I feel like the last um, week in real estate, there's really been no, no new news. Everyone's kind of waiting on mm. the Fed to just figure it out. Um, obviously, the debt ceiling thing was um, taking figured out or whatever. But we'll see what it's like. Um, on the Fed, we're just everyone's on pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I feel like everything's kind of went on pause as far as news. I feel like that's kind of what the market feels like right now too, though. Just like this yeah. weird kind of eerie. Like we know it's summer and it's supposed to be crazy, and so there's a dash of that, but mostly it's just kind of like, what if we waited? Yeah. What mm-hmm. if we just yeah put this on pause? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we're supposed to be seeing like a ton of um, episodes. We're supposed to be seeing it like an uptick in mm-hmm. inventory, and we're just not seeing that. We're supposed to see some yeah. inventory come on the market. We're just waiting yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's that problem that we've been dealing with for like a year now, right? Like rates are back in the sevens. If you're locked mm-hmm. in at three percent, three and a half percent, why would you sell? Right. <clears throat> the people that are in market right now are—it's because they have to be. Yep. There's something forcing their hand to where they have to move. Right. What is it? How many D's are there? Five or seven? Five or seven. Five or seven. D's? It's like death, diapers, divorce. What are the other ones? I don't know. I'd never heard of this before. Diamonds? Diapers, divorce, diamonds. Um, Yep. That's all I got. So it's just four. (laughs) I think there's more than that, but I just can't remember. I thought there were seven. Oh, seven? (laughs) Oh, shoot. I thought that was ten. I guess that's like death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hear now. So the divorce thing. So I actually read an article or maybe I was listening to a podcast like the the house um, was negotiating because of the low interest rate. So like people are um, like, I want to keep the house. You can have everything in our bank. You can have mm-hmm. everything here be, but mm-hmm. because I, I want the house because of the low interest rate. 
Yeah. Interesting. Smart. So real smart. But don't you have to like refinance to get them off the deed? <laughs> or they have to buy you out. Mm-hmm. Or buy you out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're saying like, we'll just hold this mortgage together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With duct tape I and bubble gum. Yep. Feel a little dumb, but I didn't. And I, maybe it's just a Florida thing, and that's why I didn't know it before. So, like in the mm-hmm. state of Florida, if you're married to somebody, they have to sign off on you purchasing or selling property, whether their name's on it or not. Yeah. It's a Florida statute. Yep. It's it wasn't like that in Maryland. Like you could just go willy nilly buy. buy. It's super mm-hmm. bizarre to me that like yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. It makes Especially... me feel more like women are property. <laughs> We're like we can't do things on our own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let's go. But there. it could be but it could be like reverse too. Like the women can't can't go out and Right. You know, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Like you are truly a unit in Florida. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate too, because if you think about it, then if somebody really wanted to go after and purchase their own investment property, one person being on one loan, one person being on the other loan, I mean that's the smartest way that it would do. That's I mean, what some I was people ask can if obviously investment qualify. properties are considered I thought it was like primary residence. But is it, it's investment it's properties. Mm, not sure. Interesting. Because I know with Somebody like Homestead. Yes. Yeah. Any lawyers that listen, um, yes. please, <laughs> please uh, you know, write us in between us agents at gmail.com. No, but I thought like like Homestead, it's a little bit different because like your unit and like you get half of that Homestead or, you know, or whatever. So um, if you're married, whereas like investment property, I don't know. So, yeah. This is not a topic, but I love it. No, we went into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Um, but speaking of topics, actually, mm-hmm. the ones that we actually have prepared, um, Home Depot is trying to make homes more affordable. But is it? I don't know. We'll look mm-hmm. into it in a second. Um, buyer shocked that they bought a landlocked property. Um, mm-hmm. And then a home buyer in Nevada bought 87 properties on accident. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be coachable as a realtor? Mm -hmm. Because most of us aren't. (laughs) That's why we're independent contractors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But going into this, so Home Depot, if you look, if anybody that has the Home Depot app, homeowners out there, you can search in tiny homes on um, the Home Depot app. And there's homes that pop up. And they're like 500 square feet, one bedroom, whatever, studios. Um, they're about $44,000. Wow. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. I can buy a house mm-hmm. for 44 grand. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, guys? I have my thoughts, but I've also looked into it a little bit more. But when you like have like a home that's worth 44 grand, what are you guys thinking? Where are you going to put it? Yep. Exactly. Like you have to have the land to put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now here's another thing in this. Um, windows are not included. Doors are not included. Um, okay. You have to put it on. You have to have a cement slab. So like the foundation has okay. to be down. So you have to pay mm-hmm. for that yourself. You have to buy the land yourself. So you have to pay for electricity, pay for plumbing. Um, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's not 44 grand. I can tell you that right now. Now, if you were to buy like a couple acres and maybe throw three or four of these down, um, maybe sure. 
but I don't know how much it costs to run plumbing to a property. Right. Contractors out that you're there talking between about. us agents uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> let us know. And you're not even talking about like all the permitting work and everything like that. Like, yes, you can find that piece of vacant land to find a pr- to put this. But running electrical, plumbing, septic, septic. Yeah. Yep. like and permitting work, getting a contractor to make sure that it has everything it possibly needs and then getting it passed with the city or the county. Yeah. I mean, how many hoops do you have to jump through just to get that? Yes, that's a very nice price point for a home nowadays, but um And you can find like it more at of a depot.com. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Probably like 28% APR. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You go through a firm and it's 12 monthly payments of. Right. I think that that is going to be more so for people that were already living at home, their Mm -hmm. parents or whoever has a larger lot and Mm -hmm. they will probably get help doing those things. Right. Because that would then be like a mother-in-law suite or like a pool house that they can remarket later and have built equity in their property. The other thing that this kind of like gets me thinking about, this is kind of wild. So you know how people have rebranded laundromats? Like they've gone into like a dumpy mm-hmm. old laundromat oh, and kind oh, of like oh. redone the place oh, and yeah, then right. made okay. it more of like a hangout spot. So there's Wi-Fi and there's like a coffee bar and like it's kind it's of cool. like the the young mm-hmm. or youthful version of this thing that's existed for so long. Is that what it's so, like in Tampa? I was gonna say I, I don't, don't know if we have. If... <laughs> Don't I've never been to a really <laughs> I don't go to laundromats. <laughs> I was about to go there, but I'm glad Sam I barely do laundry and there's one <laughs> on the same floor as my bedroom. So, um, But it is nice. a thing. I've seen it all over the place, not just in Tampa. Um, yeah. Imagine that, but for mobile home parks. So completely rebranded. You're living in tiny homes. There's mm. like community space. It's a they younger crowd. They're there somewhere. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I've seen them for like Airbnb communities where it's like a yeah. short-term rental option sure. and that's cool. But for long-term purposes, like, I don't know how big of a lot would you need? It would just be more about zoning. Mm-hmm. Like if you were in the city of Tampa or in like Ebor area, yeah. for example, not far from downtown, walkable to some of the more Northern parts, like 20 tiny homes over two acres. And there's yeah. a cool like community yeah. hangout place and it's all like 25 to 30 year olds living yeah. there. You'd have almost have to find unicorn property for something that was sited residential next to some plot of land that was also sited right. for commercial. Right. That's the thing. So, I think I mean, it might be it, obviously more luxurious than most people, but um, somewhere mm-hmm. easier to find otherwise. But yeah, like the zoning <laughs> part is, is yep. probably where most people are going to run into that issue. I know that in Ocala, you can't build a tiny home. They, mm-hmm. they can't do it. I don't know. Some parts of Marion County uh, and stuff. I was talking to the team leader um, there on our team, and she said that they cannot have tiny homes in Ocala. Hmm. Mm -hmm. But you can have a manufactured home all day. Yep. Well, yeah. So, like, what constitutes a tiny home? Just like calling it that, if I just get a really tiny manufactured home, like, what's the difference? It's probably a a square footage minimum that you can't, or Mm -hmm. that you have to over exceed. So if it's 900 square feet, you have to have at least 901 square foot property. Interesting. Have you guys seen those container homes? Yes. Yeah. Like the barn dominium type things. Well, they like take like shipping containers and then like they put them in a home. They like make it into a home. They actually, so by me, there is a company, there's a contractor that did it and they 
there's a historic area in like West Palm Beach and they mm -hmm. had to make it historic, which is like, how do you do that? Hmm. So they had to like, they, they put two in the bottom and then two on the top, but it was kind of one, the ones on the top were kind of over mm -hmm. um, the other ones. So like there's like a porch almost mm -hmm. in the front of the house and then they stuccoed the entire house to make it look like a Spanish style. Interesting. Um, That's wild. I know we have a place out here in Orlando like, that has those <laughs> kind of shipping containers. It's a boxy park out in Lake Nona. It's all shipping containers. Boxy, yep. boxy park. park. Boxy park. Yep. Out in Lake Nona. If you've never seen down. it, highly recommend looking it up. It's actually a fun little time. Nice little, um, it's a younger dynamic out there in Lake Nona. Exactly obviously. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yep. So it definitely attracts a lot of people. Live music, food, food trucks, all that kind of good stuff. It's a lot have of you guys good ever stuff stayed? So, have you guys ever stayed in like an RV park once for like a vacation? Yeah. Oh yeah. The people like are super social. There's mm -hmm. like there's usually like some sort of like commune, like a uh, like community area where yeah. everyone hangs out on like the at night. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm imagining at Boxy Park. Yes. You no. Know? It's a vibe. For yeah. Sure. Not like that. Like you. Not like that. <laughs> Way to ruin Not it. Not like that. Yeah. I was going to say very, very far. Lake Nona, you're talking multi million dollar homes out in that area. The east side of Orlando. Who this lives Boxy in these park. tiny Boxy Park things? They, oh, so it's not for living. Sorry. This is all for recreation. Uh, Airbnb. So, uh, no, no, no. Not even for Airbnb. This is all just, recreational stuff that people go out and entertainment so kinda, and stuff like that. So it's more of like a like, like a brewery type standpoint. Okay, got yeah. it. Oh, so something that you guys might not know about me is that when I graduated college, I moved into the pool house at my mother-in-law's mm. after, and it was really just a shed mm -hmm. that somebody else had converted into a living space at one point. Amazing. And so I think it was like, I don't know. Don't quote me. I'll fact check myself and text you later. Maybe like 500 square feet. And we so had... it's like a glorified she shed. <laughs> yeah. It was a glorified she shed. But it had like a bathroom, a shower. It had like a separate bedroom space. And then it had like this, you know, like a galley kitchen or whatever. And it was perfectly fine for people that had just graduated college and didn't have any money. Yeah. Um, but we did everything ourselves. Like we built the kitchen. We, mm. I remember took a shower pan out of an old house that my boss was renovating at the time and like placed it into our, like, <laughs> what an experience though. What I, like, but what mm. I will say, biggest regret is not living there longer. Like I was jonesing mm. to get out. I was like, I can't live in my mother-in-law's backyard. Like I've got to do better with my life. Let's go buy a house. And had we just lived there, we would have saved so much money. <laughs> yeah. Like, so much money. Actually, Crazy. that's a lot. What um, if talking about a place here in Orlando too, out in Celebration, it's like the town directly right next to Disney, created in the realm of the Disney theme parks as the town of Disney, um, of Walt Disney World. So the proximity and stuff. But what a lot of people are doing right now is just taking garage apartments that they already built up in there mm -hmm. and renting those out. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a one-bedroom, one-bath studio above a garage, 700 to 900 square feet, and they're charging 2500 for rent a month. Wow. Holy crap. Crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. So, When I first moved to Florida, I had a similar situation as Sam. 
I lived really? literally. So when she I, shed. It was it was a shed converted. Yes. So mm. it was like brick, you know, block brick, whatever. Mm. You had 500 square feet. This thing's advertised as 500 square feet, but somebody tell me where the extra 300 square feet was because <laughs> I couldn't find it. Okay. I could reach over from like my bed to the oven and in the in like the, the winter dishes. winter of florida i mean it got like mm-hmm. you know in like the i think it maybe got 40s. in the 40s my first yeah. year mm-hmm. but like when i first moved down here but like i didn't have a like a heater so like what was the, what was the heater <laughs> the oven oh. yes <laughs> no joke so and i didn't know where to that? i mean i was Crank like i was oven. 20 years old i was 20 years old man i was yeah, just, you didn't care did not mm-hmm. this place yeah did not give a crap the yeah. magic of like having your own space when you're in that like young 20 year old mm-hmm. you know mentality you're just like this is yep. mine i don't care that everything is space heaters or using an oven or yeah <laughs> electricity bill is less than 20 dollars a month man this yeah. place was a vibe yeah Could you now, imagine robbie did I falling hear... asleep no go for it robbie <laughs> I was literally going to say, can you imagine Robbie? And then he's falling asleep at night. He's like, man, I'm really cold. It's like 45 degrees in here. Turns on the oven and all of a sudden the preheat button goes off and he's setting the timer to make sure to turn it off in an hour. So I don't know how like well that is for like health wise for you. Probably not. Was it gas or electric? No, it was electric. But I mean like, you know, but now Mm -hmm. here's the thing. So now that shed, I paid like 450 a month or whatever. Now it's like one, it's literally right next to one of like the best breweries in West Palm Beach. Mm. Literally right. Like you could see it from the, it, there was like no window there. You could see it from like the window. I say window. Cause I'm like, I'm there was sure. no window. No, there was, I just, it was like, I don't know. There's might've been one window in that place. And I'm like, again, this place was a shed. That's and the, and there's open a, a AC flap unit to get up window, to the attic so. of this place. Yeah, and he just flapped open it. with the roof. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but it's crazy. So like, as far as it's like when I, housing prices, when I first lived here, when I first lived here, we're like that place, for example, uh, there's four other units that were like normal units, like, you mm-hmm. know, that were all connected to each other. And th- the owner bought this whole community or like whatever for like 200,000. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Insane. Now it's like probably like a million to like and a half ish. Yeah. It's like four yes. times the rent you were paying back then and yeah, now since someone, then they put someone up... rents that out for like 2500 3 3 grand a month. Insane. Wild. Still John, what was the, the tiny house that you lived in? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um you lived in a tiny actually, house? No. No, it wasn't a tiny house. It was actually a detached portion of our house, of our lake house that we used to live up. Actually, not too far away in Ocala. It was a two-bedroom, two-bath, and when it was a family of five, and we had a kind of parceled-off side on the other side of the garage, and I loved it. Loved it. But no bathroom, so I had to walk through the garage to get to the bathroom. Um, No shower. Had to walk into the main house to do all that. Um, Yeah, no, it was literally just a bedroom. Luckily, I had a you window. Know, it had a thermostat in there, too. So I didn't have to use the oven that wasn't there. So <laughs> there's, some like, there's yeah. some like simplicity about owning almost like nothing. Yep. Oh, my God. 
Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Like the simplicity of, um, that's why people like camp. Yep. Okay. On no, vacation. I don't want to not own a mattress. Like that's. <laughs> well, what about the RV life? But I'm saying like people go RV camping thing? for a reason to like connect with like nature. They feel like it's relaxing. Like people did that for thousands of years daily. Mm -hmm. I get it. I don't like being sticky or. I know. We talked or, about that last itchy. week. Yeah, yeah, it's the ocean. So, yep. the ocean yeah, the mosquitoes, stuff. I do have a problem with mosquitoes. Right. Well, what about hard. the camper life? I mean, if you converted like a, a van down. and just lived out. I'm I down. Could do that for a short period. What do you do? Like, let's just draw it out just for one minute, right? Like mm -hmm. you're taking a weekend, Saturday, Sunday, you get there Saturday morning, you set up your RV and then what? You hang out with all the people in the campground. Yeah. And then you go to that bar that's attached to the uh, <laughs> coin laundry. Yeah. Yes. Top of <laughs> but here's the thing. Me and Susie, uh, we daydream about this um, a lot of just like literally, at least for like maybe one period in a life we'll do it. But like for like six to 12 months on the road, I think that'd be mm. awesome. That would be just cool. an experience. It would be a great way to like see the rest of the country. But yeah. I, wouldn't, yep. I would never consider that long term. Yeah, not not yeah, not being like complete nomads. I think everyone yeah. kind of needs to go back to their roots. But I mean, at least temporarily, man, that'd be a good time. <laughs> yep. I have an agent on my team who just bought her first home, but for years before that, and they're they're our age, her and her fiance. They lived in an RV, mm -hmm. an RV park, just like saving their money, and had the best time. But we're yeah. definitely ready, to, like. This we need a house now. Yeah, makes sense. Like, here's the thing: if it was just like me and my dog, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be a nomad. Like, you ain't gonna know where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But Going like, off the grid. Yeah, now you're married, having having kids, and now like two dogs. It's kind of hard to do that. No. You have multiple kids, really and they don't have social security. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going completely yeah, just, off the grid. Yeah, like kids don't have social security numbers. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I do know somebody that did that though. Mm. Um, all right. Yeah. So tiny. So basically, Home Depot didn't solve <clears throat> any housing affordability. No. Based on based on that. <laughs> um, Fail. Fail. Mm -hmm. yeah, good job, Home Depot. But, nice try. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, going back to like Sam said it at the beginning, though. Like, yeah, sure. That would be a great, like, if you live on an acre and you're trying to get your parents to, like, just move in and it costs you a hundred grand with, you know, with the tiny house plus permits and building, you know, plumbing into it yeah. and you need them to be close, sure, that could work. Yeah. You know? But as far as, like, mm -hmm. young people um, are caught, you know, creating, you know, affordability in housing, yeah, I'm not sorry. Mm -hmm. you know, nope. Not going to work. It doesn't have any windows or doors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have windows, doors, electricity, plumbing. Yep. This is yeah. just like the playhouse that you grew yeah. up playing yeah. in. It's literally, know. literally. Yeah. Where's the glorified playpen that we grew up in? Yep. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. Next. A buyer shocked to discover land purchase is actually 20 miles away from any road. Um, not to just skip through this whole article, but basically, um, this couple uh, invested their entire life savings. It's actually kind of sad. They invested like their entire life savings buying this land. They just wanted to like, you know, eventually build on it. 
<clears throat> they thought that this was going to be their way out of the system, essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> coming to find out that it's 20 miles away from any road, it's landlocked. So you can't get to it without um, driving driving to it um, through mm-hmm. other people's properties. That sucks. Yeah, I think that you find out about easements when you get a survey, if it's not previously disclosed, mm-hmm. which it should have been. According to this article, the realtor said it was in the ad that it was landlocked. <laughs> so is that on the agent? That's like, on the who's agent. Mad? Yeah, who's at fault here? No, so, I wouldn't say that's on the agent. If it literally says in the public marketing that this is right. landlocked, like. Well, it's not on the agent yeah. for that fact. In and also second, in Florida. Go for it. No, in Florida, we have buyer beware. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you have to do your own research if you're buying property yeah. in Florida. Depending like, on how if do they you had a due diligence period, period though. <clears throat> yeah. You do How do you purchase research? an entire property without ever like Google mapsing it if you're doing right. it sight unseen? So here's the right. funny part about this article. The realtor drove them, <laughs> typed in the address, drove them to the property, but that wasn't the actual property. Mm. Mm. Um, Google um, let them down. Um, so they thought that they were buying this property, but it was actually like across the street. <laughs> That's Google 20 fault. miles away. I don't, I mean, yeah, now, but like, now you, shame on the agent. Yeah. But like, yeah. how do you, but like, you know, I literally had an agent. I'm, I'm not kidding. This is actually hysterical. Not hysterical. It's actually. This is super serious. It's exactly. Not the, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically, this happened. This exact same scenario happened to one of my agents. But mm. it was just the house across or the lot across the street. Google did the same thing, said mm. it was this property, but it was actually the property across the street. And um, they went under contract with the property across the street, and they were shown the other property. Um, but the buyers like totally fine with it because it's actually a better lot than what they looked at. Like luckily they lucked out. <laughs> but Gosh. that could. But that, you know, you have, as an agent though, you got to kind of dodge the bullet there. I mean, as a directionally challenged realtor, I get it a hundred percent. I've definitely mm-hmm. shown up to go show vacant land and been like, let me make sure But there are a lot of, like, if you know that about yourself and it's even mm-hmm. slightly confusing or you're in an area that you don't know, then like do extra diligence prior to showing up. Yep. The thing, thing is, is this... how are they not doing that diligence while they're under contract? Yeah, that's insane. Like, I mean, most vacant yeah. land. I mean, yes, you can close quick, but to not even think to yourself of like, oh, <clears throat> let me make sure I can do what I want to do to this land. But can you imagine <clears throat> being like, oh, my gosh, this is the property for us. Let's put all of our money that we've ever saved for gosh. our one big dream into this mm-hmm. thing that we don't really dig into too much. We're just going to take the word of this conceivably a stranger i feel like most people work with realtors that they didn't know beforehand correct Correct. um like the majority oh gosh my first year was i didn't know anyone but yeah (laughs) (laughs) no but for real like i i mean there has to be some sort of i I don't blame the realtor it's in the ad that it's a landlocked that's a landlocked property so um you know the realtor in the ad, he said he would buy it back from them, but not for the full price. So, 
He's like, I'll buy it back for five grand. But so they let's put, get back they... to this realtor that represented them, though, because it said in the ad that it was landlocked. She yeah. showed up to a property that was conceivably not landlocked and said, this is it. Yeah, so the buyer the, the, the buyer said, I have no idea like who to even blame on this. And my thought is yourself. You can only blame yourself, honestly. Yeah, in a way, though. I don't think only. I think buyer's agent for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they went the to the agent. The fact that they showed the wrong property, too. I think They're it definitely was liable in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. The listing agent showed the wrong property? I had to be Let me the read it again. buyer's agent for that. And here's the other thing, too, is like, hopefully they didn't put that through a credit union and purchase that property. Hopefully they purchased it in cash. They bought, they so bought it in cash. I mean, it was only okay, like well, thank God a, for a that. lender wouldn't. It was only like $12,000. Mm, you know? Okay. But that's like. Okay. I know, but that's like somebody's like entire life savings is according yeah. to this thing, you know, like I'm sitting here thinking though that it's like a hundred grand, two hundred grand lot. Mm-hmm. Like they'll recoup their twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, they he bought it back for ten grand and they oh, yeah, put it back on the market right. and put it up there for fifteen grand. So yeah, the right. seller is then gonna turn out mm. scotch free. Yeah, so it was definitely um the realtor definitely showed it in the wrong place. It says they recorded their drive up to see the property, hired a realtor who took them to this part of Florida, a wooded area with roads and a few houses. I mm-hmm. thought it was bushy, but I loved it because I was like, okay, it's far away. I have one neighbor. Great. So after everything is finalized, we saw a different zip code with the property <laughs> and we brought it up. And then that's where the article. What a line. We thought it was yep. bushy, but we thought, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's far away. And not only that, the fact that he probably showed this property and the property that they wanted or that they actually purchased was like 20 miles back in the woods past the place oh that was just happens to be bushy. You probably can't even see your lot based off of where you just showed that property. Yeah. So They spent their Gosh. life savings to buy a piece of land in the country to raise their boys. They own the land, but it's in the middle of nowhere. I have no hope at this point, really. All the dreams that was put into it, everything is gone. Is what (laughs) happened here illegal? Mm. Had it been financed for like $12,000, what financing? But had it been financed, they would have had a survey. Yep. That would have saved them. Bingo. It would have shown that. Mm -hmm. But like, hey, um, this is a different zip code. Red flag, red flag, you know? But even the mm-hmm. title company in the title commitment would be like, hey, these are the things that we can insure against with your title insurance because you have easements mm. and other people have claim. And Yep. So maybe they also just like didn't read any of the emails from the title company. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think it's the buyer's fault. Because mm-hmm. you can search parcel, number, parcel numbers and it'll show you where it is. Right? Yeah. On the other side of that, though, before you were a realtor, yeah, that's let's true. say that you were in the market, you were buying a house, and you met a realtor, would they you not you like to a property, and you're like, this is everything it. that they told you? Yep. You're like, yeah. oh, this is a licensed professional. They yep. would never do me harm. Gosh. Not all realtors are created equal. That's the, the lesson. For sure. That's brutal, though. Honestly. Honestly. That is like... I mean, I... Like $12,000, I think the majority of people will co- recover from that and it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 
man. I think it's like the roller coaster of emotions, you know, I'm sure. um, mm-hmm. during a, a transaction where it's like that we're buying the place. It's, it's going to be amazing. You know, everything's going to be great. It's the wrong property. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's horrible. What a, what a downhill. And then it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Off a cliff. <laughs> Off a cliff from there. Well, speaking of parcel IDs, legal description, faux pas. Oh, yeah. Um, title of this one is copy and paste error results in Nevada homebuyer getting 87 properties for the price of one home. That is so a Nevada homebuyer literally got more than she bargained for after ending up with an entire swath of lots in a subdivision in a western central part of the state um, near Reno while she was buying her single family home. The buyer was originally purchasing a single-family home in Sparks, Nevada, valued at just under $595,000. So the county assessor and the county recorder's office had records showing the buyer gained not just the property she was buying, but also 84 extra house lots and two additional parcels in a Toll Brothers development just northeast of Reno. So the properties included several home sites that had several built have several several been built on and sold. At least sixty four of the lots were put under the buyer's name as of that time. Oh gosh. <laughs> so the tra- transaction was flagged by the assessor's office, mm-hmm. which quickly notified title about the issue. But the culprit it's too of all late of at this, that point. The culprit of all this was apparently all it takes is four keystrokes to accidentally give someone the title to properties worth millions of dollars. So apparently the title company went then on said that it was the title company copied and pasted legal descriptions from another Toll Brothers transfer that was the deed for recordation. It was a clear mistake was made. And they knew right away. Fired? Yeah. So who's getting that they fired? were transferred in error. Could so, you imagine? But did she own them? It closed. Then they so, rep, they fell back on it and had okay. to remedy that. So she didn't like get to hold them hostage and be like, listen, mm-hmm. I just bought eighty four houses for six hundred thousand dollars. I would hire an attorney. I would hire mm-hmm. an attorney for sure. I'd be like for sure. And just sell them for like, I don't know, I'll 100K sell back, each. Yeah, I'll sell them back yep. to you for, yeah, 100 grand. No worries. Is that the shitty thing to do, though? Like, somebody just had a bad day. They were under caffeinated. Maybe they were up all night crying over whatever's going this on in their life. And then a, they go, poof. Yeah. <laughs> this is a once in a lifetime <laughs> chance, Sam. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No. That, that's a really good dilemma <laughs> question. Like, would you be the guy that like pushes for it and makes, I mean, falls into it a lot of money? Would you or, rather? push for it or not push for it i'm pushing i mean that person's getting fired anyway right yeah right so like who are you hurting exactly Mm -hmm. that's what i'm thinking it probably goes back to whoever insures the title company Mm -hmm. like their business insurance so it's the title company's fault not not but here's the thing 
Here's another thing is that somebody else is signing that contract, right? Like the seller is signing that contract. Yeah, but yeah. the seller doesn't have a right to sell. Well, maybe that one does because it's a builder. I was going to say the seller doesn't have a right to sell lots that aren't theirs. No, I'm saying when, yeah. when the error was made, mm-hmm. the seller signed the contract saying like, this is accurate information, this parcel or whatever. Mm-hmm. These parcels, right? Depending on the what, how the state processes things, because every state is different, of course. But yeah, for a copy and paste error for that much amount of legal descriptions to be on a contract, to walk away with eighty-seven properties. So did she give them back? She caved. Yeah. So she quoted <laughs> by saying, "I." think someone could try and make things difficult. However, the title company also has the offer and acceptance for the purchase on file. So the intent was pretty clear. So I would think it would be a loser in court mm-hmm. and doubt it will often happen often, if at all, moving forward. So she knew that she didn't have the intent to purchase them all. So she wasn't oh, okay. going to go for any kind of... She was going to file, if anything, for negligence for... Just the intention yeah, yeah. of purchasing, pers- purchasing. Hopefully, she got a discount on that one property she went to purchase, though, for giving yeah, like back the other put one. Put it in a pool or something. Right? Yeah. I was going to say. Like, put those a pool in You here. denied me while we're under contract? Yeah, I need all of those in my house right now. <laughs> You're going to buy down my rate, Dan. Right? She's already close. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> put in a free pool, all right? I'll give you right? back the lots. Just put me in a pool. I get it. Long Gosh. care for a year. I mean, mm. I mean, I'm probably gonna try to take them all, but I may or may not lose. Mm-hmm. You talked to have like a really good attorney. Yeah, right. Like I was trying to buy those 87 units. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just happened to be in my for name. It. Yeah, they, yeah, they just happened to mess up. But I was thinking about it. You know, I was thinking I was gonna buy this one property, but also maybe those other 87. so i had the intent Hmm. who knows just think Um, of it from that perspective how much that one home was was just under six hundred thousand, and she had 87 of them quick math yep leave that 48 million or 4.8 million 48 million 600 times 84 Yep, mathematicians in real estate. Yep, I'm looking. Get her handy dandy calculator out. <laughs> if you can compute before Samantha Boyd, reach out to uh, between us agents at gmail dot com. Yep. Fifty. Mm-hmm. I was close. Forty million is what I guesstimated. It's fifty. Fifty million. Gosh. See, I'm gonna get a dope lawyer. Mm-hmm. And then just take like a settlement for ten million. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Hundred percent. Probably bankrupt the builder, ruin mm-hmm. your entire community because none of the homes get and finished. It's one of the national partners too. I'll finish That's them. The I got most 10 surprising thing. Mm. That's the most surprising thing that it's one of the national guys. Not necessarily like, hey, we're a private developer or custom home builder that had all these plots of right. lands already cited and everything. No, you're a national throw, partner and you messed that up. Throw some shade. I wonder if they were using their title company Ooh, and their could you lender imagine? because they're always garbage. Oh my gosh. They have to throw the incentives in. They have to throw the incentives in for. I'm just speaking so about my own experience. I know how that process new, was. Everyone here bought new construction. 
Say it again. We are new construction people over here. Um, millennials, I think. Sam mm-hmm. might be on the cusp of the other one, but right? What? Pretty young. No, you're pretty you're a hard millennial. Great. So did we all use the lender of the of the builder? No, yeah. I didn't. I got my preferred lender certified as a preferred lender. So I could nice. get the incentive. Ooh. That's smart. Tell us how that went. I'm actually curious. It's just you just like take your arm and you go. This is what we're doing. <laughs> I will say with our preferred lender, like it's always good for that sake to have them fact check it, even though they're going to give you the credit anyways, that doesn't mean that you can't compare apples to apples on what the estimate that you're given. So I'm glad I did. They dropped it by a full point. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that the whole like, oh, you get incentives. Like they, what is the word I'm looking for? Bolster up their fees so much, mm-hmm. like their title company and, and their lender, their origination fees, like all that stuff is so inflated just so that mm-hmm. whenever they give you 10, 15 K towards closing, it's like, they're just paying themselves back money that should have never been charged. Right. In the first place. Right. Yeah. By just raising the sales price or not letting that negotiated. Yeah. <clears throat> so I hope no one, like no one from uh, this lending company that I'm using, cause my home's currently being built, listen to this, but um, part of me wishes because they did say at the beginning they said if our guy can't get it done you can bring in your own lender so i'm hoping yeah that, that he fails that he fails yeah yeah because then i can be like hey my favorite lender what's up and then use them mm-hmm. the key to like getting like one of your own lenders and the incentives is just proving that like their lender can't do the program that you're doing Mm -hmm. or the loan types that you're trying to do good point good point i like that maybe that's another topic for like another time how to get your own lender for new construction Mm -hmm. sam did it that'll be the title (laughs) the whole title that whole line she did Mm -hmm. it you can too (laughs) 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 um um but anyways yeah so kind of our last topic of the evening, uh, besides Sean's would you, would you rather, um, mm-hmm. is what does it mean to be coachable? This is kind of Sam's topic. This is kind of something us as team leaders, we kind of, when we're recruiting, we want coachable agents. Yeah. Do you think I that think- this coachable aspect of some people saying that they're coachable is kind of like the people that call themselves humble? Yes. Do you think it's that? I mean, it's okay. Yes, you can say you're coachable, but when rubber meets the road, like, are you really coachable? Are yeah. you really a humble person just because you say you're humble? Right. I'm super so. humble. I'm yeah, so, I know you are. I'm still yeah. humble. I sold millions of dollars last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Robbie, the homeschool, Robbie, the homeschooled individual, he's super humble. Super I'm bringing humble. homeschool back, baby. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. I think that in order to be coachable or in order to be humble or any of those things that you're just saying, you have to have a certain level of self-awareness. And mm-hmm. so maybe you do believe that you're coachable, but you're not self-aware enough to know that like, bro, you're not. Yep. Yep. Sam, are you coachable? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's different though. You, we are, you guys are my peers, yeah. right? It's a different kind of standard. Take, direction from my like 
higher ups mm-hmm. to yeah. heart. I will mm-hmm. lose sleep over it. I will make sure that I implement anything that I can do to make sure that I'm like hitting my goals. Because we're all people pleasers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I am coachable oh, in bye. that. Yeah, yeah, right. But we talked about this a couple weeks ago. If you tell yeah. me something, I'm going to be like, that's not how you should do it. And here's mm-hmm. exactly why. And here's how you should do it. So yeah. am I coachable? Yeah, so stubbornness kind of comes through. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, should ask, we should all text our spouses and say, are we stubborn? Am I stubborn? <laughs> that was the one thing my wife said within seven seconds <laughs> of texting. True. That's true. I, I forgot was say, about that. I don't that need list. to ask I her forgot again. about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Sean's like, I'll just go back and emphasize the text. <laughs> that I was going to say, let me go back to the text message. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think that I'm, Man, I grew up in sports, so sure. like you, I, from like a four years old to twenty-two years old, I was in a sport. So mm-hmm. I have to say that I am coachable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like doing things the right way. Right. right. Realistically, yeah. I think that I am too. Like I had mentors and team leads when I was getting started in real estate, and I would soak it in like a sponge. Right. Because that's what I was there for. I didn't know everything about what I was doing. That's why I went to a, I don't know, a brokerage or a position where I had people around me that were going to help me because I didn't know shit. Mm-hmm. It's whenever that's you right. think that you know everything. That's the real mm-hmm. problem. Ooh. Yep. Like when you know, you know, you know the answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the, to fix the prop solution yeah. to that problem. Yep. Yes. But you can't, you have your foggers on at that point. Mm hmm. I think that's the biggest step. You don't part really know, through. though. You don't. What if, no. what if you do really know? <laughs> no, there's no okay, aha guys, moment. Maybe in I that. need to drink some humble tea. Maybe that's what I'm hearing that's during the end of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh. I think, yep. I mean, I mean, when I, when I, that's one of my things that when I'm like recruiting agents or interviewing agents, I'm like, I want someone that's coachable. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I say that in every one of my interviews. I say, I want someone that's mm-hmm. coachable that's willing to take what I'm telling you to do because I know it works. Mm-hmm. And if you're yep. not and you want to do it your own way, we're probably going to butt heads. Now, you may be successful, but we're going to butt heads a lot. Yeah. Yep. What I've started working in lately because I've just like reached a certain level of frustration in some situations is like, I wouldn't tell you to do something if it wasn't going to make you money. Mm-hmm. Because like, why else? Like, it's not just fun for me. I'm not yeah. just like sitting at home at night being like, and then I'm going to make him make a hundred phone calls. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> kind of sadistic person that, do you but... think I am? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we all say that um, at the beginning of every new like recruitment is we're not, we are not here if you're not successful. We are right. literally telling you to do things. Um, because we want you to be successful because then we wouldn't have jobs. Yeah. You know, I think, um, one of my favorite things that another team leader does in Virginia beach is like actually sits down and does the, like the work with his agents. So like he'll prospect in front of the entire office and everybody listens to it or he'll just be prospecting while they're doing their office hours and doing the same thing with them. It's amazing. I, Mm -hmm. I just like, I don't know what that would look like. Yeah. I feel like if I was in production alongside my agents to make them feel like, oh, we're all doing it together, like, 
I wouldn't be able to spend so much time with them. Right. Mm. I think I can give, honestly, some of my agents would like give me a run for my money. Um, when mm-hmm. it call, when it comes to making phone calls and prospecting, yep. um, now I work hard, but like, there's a phone voice that I just can't. I I can't do it. Some you know, like if you have a southern draw, or if you're like a six year old grandma, I can't mm-hmm. compete with you on the phone. Now, as far as like a transaction in person, finding properties, getting you deals. That's probably where I'm going to, but as far as like connecting with people over the phone, there's some, some of my agents that I've hired that sure they're going to, they're going to give me a good run for my money when, if I, if I was going to do that in the office with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but I can, but I can also like point out their flaws and yeah. help them get better for sure yeah. without taking it offensively. Cause that's probably one of the key notes is yes, you're coachable. <clears throat> you're willing to listen to what I say, whether you put it into action, or are you going right, to get offended if I tell you you're wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Now I know this is not like our, would you rather stage, but would you rather mm-hmm. have, um, and I hope that I say this correctly. Um, an agent who is, and maybe Sean actually said this once, but I'm maybe tweaking it. Someone who mm-hmm. is not super confident, <clears throat> but has um, like a great personality. You know that people win them out, like they'll be able to win people over or someone that is overconfident that has a terrible personality. Not confident. Mm-hmm. Let me build you up. I'll build you mm-hmm. up, Buttercup. That's what I'm good mm-hmm. at. I'm a cheerleader. You're confident and you suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't deal with cocky people. You have the it's entitled hard. cocky attitude. But the I, opposite I, of coachable. Yeah. It's the self-awareness again. Like yeah. you think that everything that you're doing is amazing, but the mm-hmm. results are not there. Right. Especially no matter how many numbers you show them, how many things that you're seeing other people in the team doing, it's not going to hit home for them. They're going to blame the exterior things, all the superficial stuff that nobody blames. The lead is yeah. bad. Right. Nobody wants to buy because the interest rates. You're blaming external factors. Oh, it's just bad luck. Right, bad, mm, bad luck. Yeah. Yeah. Do Gosh. you ever? Do you ever stop and think? I feel like we're all so similar that like maybe those people can be successful. They can even be successful in our model, but because mm-hmm. of like who we are as people and who we are as coaches, it's not a good mix. I, I mm. see, I see you. I see what you're saying. Yes. Yep. I think that, um, if it's like a, not to be like you, if someone is like, let's say like a, a male in their fifties, it's going to be hard for them to take advice from me. Right. And cocky, cocky mm-hmm. is a big one. It's going to be hard, but I know that I'm, I'm <laughs> humble. I know that I'm mm-hmm. right. You know what I mean? Like we all, we, like, like, we maybe know. we're all lacking self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was gonna say my but process, like, but I know bad why. Now. But I know, like Sean, you had an agent like this. Like I know why you're not a good fit for what our model is, or right. like whatever. Like I know that what you're trying to do, you're like, um, you know, being cocky or whatever. That might work in a different brokerage yeah. or different model or whatever, but. 
literally what we're creating, that's not what we're going to try to do. Not in the model we're in. No. That makes sense. Um, but that, I guess it kind of comes from the model that we're in, too, is like how we're... And I guess the model that Robbie and I are in, in a way, we're our biggest goal is to push people up the progression ladder, if you will, to make them high producers for their teams to really be confident once they do get there. But also sipping the humble tea while they're with us based off of what their opportunities look like. Cause they're not getting those opportunities that these high converters are getting. They're not getting the best of the best, but I mean, they're getting opportunities. They're getting at bats, to where they learn a lot of things from it, which also sifts a lot of people out. Those uncoachable right. people, the people with no self-awareness, they filter right. out because they blame external factors. And honestly, I'm glad the way we have our system set up that yeah. it does do stuff like that. Because then it doesn't fall on the plate of other people when it's harder to push them out, per se. Not to say that we're going to push agents out, but the way it's set up in the way that it is... It's just different, I guess. But Sam, I, I, I feel like this was uh, like you struggled with this. Like you're a young female and you're trying to coach older. I had a, a team leader tell me a couple months ago um, that my issues with re- recruitment were because I am a young female. And I have aged like. Agents on my team from 22 to 76, you know, every background, like Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. So I could not believe that this is what I was being told. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he wasn't being rude about it. He was just like, this is what I think. Like if I, if I was interviewing to be an agent on your team, I would take a look at you and be like, this isn't the team for me. This doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that if you just saw a photo of me, and like got hired onto my team and then spent like the two seconds hearing me like rah rah cheer up the team on Monday mornings, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think if you talk to me for like ten minutes, you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Intimidating. <laughs> yep. For sure. I don't know. I don't know though. I know my I know myself. I don't can't see myself from that perspective. So who knows? All yeah, self awareness. Self awareness. <laughs> John yeah. Robbie, we're practicing. We're getting this <laughs> stuff on point to where we can get this stuff on a dime. Oh gosh, I love but I do it. think about that a lot. Like, is it? It's just as much on the coach as it is on the the coachee, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And I do believe that there are people that are straight up not coachable. But how many of them are not coachable? They don't have the right attitude. And how many of them are just not coachable for you as a coach? Mm. Yeah, I, right. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you could be definitely a great not person, everybody's cup of tea. We're gonna butt heads. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like you can be a great agent. You can, you know, sell dozens of homes a year, but we're going to fight. But to mm-hmm. that point, I have great agents that I butt heads with all the time. Same. Yep. But they get their shit done. Yep. Like they may not do it the way they that I respect. expect Sorry. them to, but they respect. Yeah. There's yep. respect. I think that that's a big part about being the mutual coachable. level of respect that they have. Yeah. So. True. Yeah. Nice. I never really thought about the respect ad. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's a couple agents where that same that that same thing you butt heads, but yeah, there's there's still some at the end of the day there's respect. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like that. Maybe that's it. Boils down to respect. We figured it out. Yep. Yeah, we nailed it. This is also real estate therapy. So yep, um, 
that's why we made this for basically just for us. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, Tom, do you have any would you rather? Yes, this I have week? two. I have two would you rather's this week. Um, All right. One, would you rather invest in developing a strong online presence with virtual tour capabilities to attract more out-of-state buyers? Or would you rather focus on your local entirety of more in-person events, local events, to try to build your network network of being that local market expert? Local. Is that no elaboration, no nothing, just... Local. I was waiting for Robbie's answer. <laughs> um, I think that if Robbie's you can get to a point in your area where like people know you, they're like, Oh, you want to buy a house? Call Sam. I worked with her, my brother worked with her, like whatever. That's your goal. Mm-hmm. That way when people come to town like, Oh, I want to live here, they walk around the grocery store and they're like, Hey, I'm thinking about moving here. Oh my gosh, you should call Sam. Like mm-hmm. Um that sounds that sounds great, but mm-hmm. I think you're wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just thinking. I know two agents. One of them, hopefully, will have it on the podcast. Actually, both of them. I hope we get on the podcast eventually. But uh, one of them's at our company. One's at a different company, and their whole like way of getting new leads is literally just doing virtual tours all day and posting mm-hmm. them. That's and, true. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a good method. I'm right. saying, like, what would I Which prefer, would you prefer? prefer the local approach? Mm-hmm. That's what you prefer. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I probably would prefer more of the online method, honestly. Um, but it, I mean, like, I see what you're saying. Like, you drive down and you see just there's this one realtor, you just see them every other. They're listing right. here, listing here, listing here. What you're talking about you is listing. just sifting through a bunch of like online leads. Right. So like going through DMs and answering questions yeah. for two year periods before they're actually ready to transact. What I'm talking about is walking in my yeah. grocery store and the grocery being like, Hey, my brother is ready to buy. Here's his information. Like that's a solid. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But that is much harder to attain in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't have that personality. I don't yeah. either. <laughs> I'd have to say that mainly because I don't have that personality reason to, to have those like, and I think honestly, I've seen a lot more agents doing this too, is having those in-person client events or neighborhood events to where they build their network yes. inside of a certain community, like yard sales, a mm-hmm. weekend yard sale that they did for literally everybody mm-hmm. driving around the block for an HOA that doesn't allow garage sales, except for one day out of the year. They do a client event out of it or they rent out yep. the entire park and everybody brings their stuff they want to sell and they do a kind of a community event. Um, yep. But it's all sponsored by the agent. Honestly, I think that's yep. genius in the way. I mean, not to say I'm lazy, but I don't think I need to go through all those kind of hoops to try to build a network nearby, mainly because I guess my relativity is more out-of-state buyers to try to attract them because the reason why I like out-of-state buyers is, one, they don't have the relativity of the area. No offense, out-of-state buyers, you guys don't know what you're talking about when it comes to finding the place here. But the nuances of somebody that's looking in the area, trying to move from one side of town to another area, they're going to be a lot more strenuous on you to find that kind of unicorn property because they know what they have currently. So I'm going to kind of say out-of-state buyers by building a little bit more responsiveness, whether it be online leads or whatever the case may be. But... um, that's kind of my take on it. <clears throat> so. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So this one's going to go when it comes to leadership. Would you rather be known as the hands-on leader who is deeply involved with the day-to-day operations or the leader who delegates tasks and empowers their team members to take ownership? <laughs> which one would you rather be? <laughs> or who are you? <laughs> which I Sam's hands said, on. which would you rather Sam's be known on. as? Because I know which one you are. But which one would you rather be known as? I would love to feel like every agent on my team is empowered and they can handle their own stuff or know exactly who to reach out to. Why? Sure. I felt like that was a political answer. That was. Fence. But. <laughs> like, didn't answer the question at all. <laughs> I would like, but this is the way I, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're not asking who I am. So, yeah, I'd much prefer that. I'd much prefer my, to feel like I'm empowering them. And but. I think it boils down to trust. Like, you have to mm. really trust your team members to do what they need to do yep. the right way the first time. Without right. any kind of so you're saying the first one you. or second one? The second one. I think it's I'd partially both. That. There's a You'd there's an even divide on the fence she's sitting on. Yeah. She's got one leg on both I sides. Am one. <laughs> and and I one. Want I want to be alone. Yeah. yeah, yeah I want yeah. to be well, done as. Yeah. Um, I think I'm like the the opposite. Like I and not the opposite, but like I think servant leadership is a great way to show your agents how to do things the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, and, and, and so, but I mean, like I do delegate a lot. I find myself, I do find myself delegating a lot and I, cause I have to trust, I have to lean on my team basically. Mm -hmm. So like there's things that I want to do, but you either don't have time for, or you just have to, kind of let go a little bit of your control, your little like control thing. So mm-hmm. that was a hard question, Sean. Yeah, yeah so, that was a really hard one. What would you pick, Sean? That one, I would love to have people empowered to take ownership. Yeah, I think I that don't is do like, a, I mean, I'm I'm not one of those people. I like to be hands on with people to be able to help them out as much as possible. But the team that I have, it's not the way that it's set up. Because you almost have to empower them so they can find their own journey and what they're currently doing. Not that they need to take a heavy dose of humble pie, but they need that proprioception of knowing what that experience yeah. looks like. Teach them how to fish. So, yep. So let them empower themselves mm-hmm. so that way they can take on those tasks and know what the tasks look like when you don't have as much people that are maybe you're going to have a leader that is more scrutinizing in the day to day. Yeah, but you know what your empowerment looks like once you get there, that you have the humility of knowing that that person that you respect is going to give you the best guidance moving forward. So yeah. I'll take the empowerment of the team, and so they can take the ownership all day. Or I'd like to be known as that person, I should say. So you both don't really feel like you get in the weeds. Like Robbie wants to. Sean, you mm-hmm. said you really can't. We can't. We. I mean, like. I can, but it's different in the model that we have, in the The model model that we kind of have. Yeah, we all have. It's kind of like we're not not really all in the production that our agents are in. 
we're in production, but it's really just like we're not in the production that they're on. So we have to empower them that they can do it because we did it at one point, but right now we're not mm-hmm. doing it. So it's a little bit different. Teach them to fish. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you to fish all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go on the boat. I'm not gonna lead you to water and make you drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna teach you how to pond. You know. Isn't it that you are gonna lead them to water and not force them to drink it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the water. You have to drink it yourself. Yeah. There you go. If you don't, you'll die of dehydration. There you go. AKA no pipeline and leaves. Commission right. breath. Commission breath. Mm-hmm. Sam, take us away today. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to Between Us Agents. I will miss all of you over these next four weeks as Sean and Robbie definitely continue with guests in my absence. And um, thanks for joining. Cut. Cut.